Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss whether premarital sex makes you unfit for marriage. Question I received here from a listener. Again, thank you guys for these. Animus at AnimusEmpire.com If you have a question, this listener was at a Bible study, though he himself is not religious. He's at the Bible study, you know, learning about the Bible, which I think is a great thing to do, regardless of your religious affiliation. And at one of these... uh, group meetings, uh, these study meetings, somebody laid this argument argument on him and he said that sex or premarital sex is like tape. You know how you have a piece of tape and the more things you stick it to, the less likely it's going to stick to the next thing you want to stick it to, right? The adhesive wears off. And he says, well, that's how premarital sex works. The more people you have sex with before marriage, the less likely you're going to be able to bond effectively in marriage and this listener's question is in a sense is this true does this argument have any validity the sex is like tape argument well you know i think in in a certain context he is right Um, if you look at the numbers from a certain perspective he is right but i think if he is right only he is only right for perhaps the wrong reasons which means if you use this argument to find a, a wife or a husband then you may be getting married for the wrong reasons, which means you're going to be, uh, you know, much more likely to get uh, divorced, right? Um, I mean, the science is pretty clear on this. The science says, right, and I think that's part of the issue here is that science, right? I mean, people always say it. science says this. Well, science doesn't say anything. The, 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 the purpose of science isn't to say anything. It informs what we say. The only thing that says anything about science is our interpretation of what the information is that science presents us with. And I think that's what's going on here. I mean, if you just look at somebody's average number of partners before they get married, the the more partners they have, sexual partners, and this is men and women, are they more likely to get divorced? Yes, of course. I mean, that's exactly what the science informs about what we say. But that doesn't really mean that necessarily that the more sexual partners you have, the more likely you are to get divorced, right? It it all comes down to our interpretation. You know, there's a lot of risk factors for divorce. I mean, there's a few here. I don't know if these are stronger or less strong than the number of premarital, you know, sex partners you've had. But one is neuroticism. You know, that's one of the big five personality traits that I do think is real because I can actually see neuroticism in your brain, right? And I understand the connection behind neuroticism. It's about the connection between the prefrontal cortex and the HPA complex. So the more neurotic you are, the more likely you are to get divorced, regardless of who you marry. Um, Something that the premarital sex numbers don't show or they don't reveal is... um, potential partners, right? So this is determined by somebody's attractiveness. So so it's not about the premarital sex partner so much. That may be part of it, and that is what the science quote says, but it's more about somebody's potential partners. So this has to do with their attractiveness. This has to do with where where they live or where you live or where you decide to get married. So if you live in a city, you're more likely to get divorced. If you're a partner, you know, again, a man or woman, husband or wife, doesn't matter if they're more attractive they're going to be, you're going to be more likely to get divorced. So maybe it's the attractiveness of the person and not so much the number of partners they have. Although I do think the number of partners they have is an indication, but it's 
the reason behind that. And by the way, I made a video similar to this on whether a woman's sexual past matters. So, so this is kind of similar, I guess. Maybe I'll link to it below in the description. But I think this question, we can cover the topic in a little bit different way. But I, I, let's continue. You know, another thing that, that is a risk factor for divorce is drinking habits. And not necessarily more drinking leads to more divorce, which is what you would expect. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't true. But if you have a different drinking habits, if you and your partner, you and your husband and wife have different drinking habits, like if your wife drinks a whole bunch and you barely drink, that's a, a serious risk factor for divorce. You know, And drug use in general, if, if it's different in any way, that's going to be... Um, a big issue and uh, you know something else that these statistics don't take into account which I think is really important so neuroticism is a, a risk factor for divorce um, but you know what's a big risk factor or a big predictor of neuroticism and in fact if somebody has this you can pretty much guarantee they have an anxiety disorder I, I forget the exact age but if somebody's a virgin a guy or girl, somebody's a virgin up until like 23 or 24, then that's essentially a 100% chance that they have, and there's not, you know, some physical disability. That's a 100% chance that they have some anxiety issue, that they are way more neurotic than somebody who has sex before that age. So it's funny, you know, you, you look at uh, risk factors for divorce and whether somebody's good at bonding. Well, what is it? Is it the number of sexual partners they have? Is it the neuroticism, potential partners? Well, again, you know, I think this is all comes, you know, it, it's all, so much of this is determined, it's difficult to get the, word, the words here, so much of this is determined by other factors that may be indicated by the number of sexual partners that you have. Right, so where you live, your neuroticism, why you are having sex in the first place. I think these things are way more important or could be way more important than simply the number of sexual partners that you have, right? That the, the science simply informs what we say, our interpretation, that's informed by our philosophy, by our psychology, by our view of psychology and how it influences our behavior. Right? That's way more important. I would say that you know, the bigger risk factor here, more than anything, isn't so much the partners, although that may be a good indication, but it's more, why is the person having sex? You know, the big distinction here, are you using something to pursue pleasure or are you using it to avoid pain? And I think a lot of people now, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with sex, but if you're using sex to avoid pain, if you're using sex to gain validation, to gain self-esteem, rather than as an expression of healthy self-esteem and what you do when you connect with somebody on an emotional level, that is two completely different reasons for having sex. So you can't just look at the numbers, especially when you can look at other numbers that are way better predictors of whether you're going to get divorced or whether this girl or guy that you're dating is going to be a good partner for you. You know what looking at numbers is, I think, you know, now, now that I'm thinking about this, I think it's very similar, or a guy looking at a girl's uh, numbers or, or body count, which is 
a uh, hilarious expression. Looking at a girl's body count is very similar to a woman who looks at a guy's uh, financial statements in a sense. A woman who is, quote, a gold digger. I, I've actually never met a, in, in my entire life as a single man. I've never met one gold digger. Maybe I have, and they were just, you know, weeded me out very soon. And I never got a chance to understand that they were a gold digger. But I've never actually never met one. But a guy looking at a girl's body count. Uh, ridiculous expression that's the male version of being a gold digger I mean is a guy a better fit if he has more money for marriage yeah of course right and and it totally makes sense right from a biological evolutionary standpoint why a guy who has more money is more fit for a long-term relationship you know a higher status you know uh, offspring are more likely uh, to uh, grow old and reproduce but if that's all you look at, if you're a woman, that's all you look at. Uh, it's a little bit shallow, and yeah, money matters. There's other things that matter way more. And so if you're just looking at how much money is in a guy's bank account or the gifts that he can give you, I think you may have your priorities a little skewed. And really what it is, it's you're trying to simplify this complicated, nuanced process of finding a mate for life. You know, a difficult decision, to be sure. I mean, uh, wow. Difficult, you know, can be difficult depending on, you know, your psychological issues. Uh, but a, a big decision, you know, very important decision, probably the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. Who you're going to marry and make children with. And so we want to simplify the issue. You know, we, do, we, don't, we want to take this complex thing and make it simple. <laughs> so we feel like we're in control of it somehow. And I think that's what looking at a, you know, body count is... For both men and women so right it's not so much the number of sexual partners we have that was a digression it's not so much the much the the sexual partners we have but why we're doing it really it's more about our emotional baggage right and are we acting out on this emotional baggage by having sex with lots of people okay well that says one thing and that that person's probably not going to be good for marriage but is it is it about necessarily the number of sexual partners they have. Well, no, because you can have somebody who's 24 years old and has no sexual partners, probably a worse situation than somebody who has a much healthier relationship um, with sex. You know, I, I think the things to look for instead, I think it'll just be better for you. I, I mean, well, the first thing to do, right, right, before you start looking at things outside of you and does this girl have what I want and does she have the right number of, uh, you know, sexual partners in her past? Before you start looking at that, you know, the one thing that you can do to ensure that you're going to most likely have a healthy marriage when you do get married is your own issues. Right? I mean, you got to manage your issues. How well can you bond? And it may have nothing to do with the number of sexual partners you have. It just may have to do with your defensiveness, with your anxiety disorder, with your poor communication with your inability to be honest, with your inability, inability to be vulnerable in a healthy way. I mean, so you gotta look at those issues first, of course, but then if you're looking at a, you know, potential uh, husband or wife, I think there's way better factors than how many sexual partners they've had. There's way better f factors to look at. I mean, you guys know the ones I, already, I always come back to is what's their relationship like with their father? 
for their family. And this is true for guys and girls. I mean, does she have a positive view of her father? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, does she have a good relationship with him? You know, meet their meet her family and see how she interacts with her family, preferably before you uh, you marry her, right? I mean, obviously. You know, look at her friends. I mean, what uh, to uh, her and her friends talk about? You don't have to like her friends necessarily, but are, are they, you know, decent uh, people? I think that's a way better indication. And you can see that, right? And the thing about body count that both guys and girls do is, is they lie about it. Girls in one direction, maybe guys more in the other direction, but they both lie about it. So that's kind of like a, a number. And I, you know, I don't blame anybody for lying about their sexual past. There's just a lot of cultural pressure on sex because we have become more accepting of sexuality which I think is a good thing but there is, is still to a, a pretty serious extent to which we're just not really accepting of it so people lie about it so the actual the number you know that's like a meta point on this is it's mostly hidden not from you but from the, even the girl herself you know the craziest thing about guys and uh, you know, guys will go on Twitter and spend all day looking at body count numbers and, and how it affects a woman's uh, likelihood to bond. But, you know, the one thing that most guys will never do is they'll never say, hmm, what kind of woman would be good for me? Let's find that out. And, you know, I, I talk about how to do that here. You do the girlfriend math. You, you date uh, 12, minimum 12 girls. Doesn't mean you have to have sex with them, but you date minimum 12 girls. Or you know 12 girls in a romantic context over the course of a year. Figure out what you want in a girl or what would be a good situation for you, right? Not what you think you want. What you think you want probably isn't what you really want. There's a lot of things that I thought I wanted in a girl, uh, in a girlfriend or, or a wife. And then I got some experience and I realized, wait, that, that would actually be a bad situation for me. So you figure out what you want in a woman. Like, okay, so I want this type of woman. And then just ask yourself. I mean, it's so stupid simple. And that's why most guys won't do it is because, you know, they're too busy, you know, taking out their insecurities at looking at statistics online and what's a risk factor for divorce. So you figure out the girl you want. Or, and then you ask yourself, where is she likely to be? Imagine that, figuring out the kind of girl that you want, asking yourself, where is she likely to be? And you know what you do? I know this is really complicated, but then you go to that place and you talk to girls who are in that place. <laughs> Just imagine that. Imagine it being that simple. Maybe you don't have to scroll through Twitter, you know, this thing that ruins your brain or can ruin your brain, depending on what you consume. Um, you know, I think that's way... A, a way better way of uh, way healthier way of going about looking for somebody to date long term looking for a potential girlfriend or boyfriend or a husband or wife um, and, I mean that's what I did that's how I met my wife um, is, uh, I, I kind of figured out you know what, what would be a good girl for me is um, a girl who reads who can be alone, you know, enjoy spending time alone, likes being outside, but who, who is also amenable to a guy talking with her and maybe being perhaps more overt uh, with his intentions when he talks to her. You know, that says a lot of good things. It doesn't say everything, but it says a lot of good things about that girl. So what did I do? Went to the park, looked at girls who were reading alone, 
maybe they were with a friend or somebody, it doesn't matter, but you know, just that ability to spend time alone. So I looked at girls who are reading outside and I went over and I talked to them. And then I met my wife. You know, it's pretty simple. And I'm not, you know, putting up my relationship as some great relationship. I mean, it's going well now, it's going well today. It may not be going well tomorrow, but regardless, this is a good person for me to meet um, so we can learn and grow together. I don't know, maybe that'll mean getting divorced in the future if something comes up, you know, I don't know. But it's going well now, and that's how I did it. You know, it's not a rocket science thing. It feels like rocket science, though, when you have all these insecurities about sexuality, all this fear around sex, and, of course, those issues, right? It's it's not that looking at a, a guy or girl's body count is unscientific. It may technically be scientific, but that approach, right? The approach is off, and it's that approach of looking at these numbers rather than looking at, you know, trying to relate with a person in a healthier way. It's that approach that paradox, I mean, it's not paradox. It seems paradoxical. That It's that approach that's going to be more likely to lead to divorce in the future, right? Because that's the neurotic approach. Um, so that's what I think... Uh, I think is more important here. Yeah, so the big picture, I think, is um, how well can you connect with somebody? <laughs> right? That I, I mean, it seems so simple. It's, or it seems so stupid and simple, but how well can you really connect with somebody? I think that's going to be way more of a... Of a going to determine way more the, the health of your relationship outcome than anything else. Right now, is that related to the number of sexual partners they have? Yes, of course, of course. Um, but that's simply incidental to a more fundamental issue that we kind of want to avoid because it, you know, brings up our own issues. So that's what I would. Um, that's what I would recommend, you know. And I will uh, leave it there. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, like and subscribe, tell a friend if, if you want to, uh, you know, reach out uh, for a free consultation. We do those, innocentempire.com slash schedule. And remember that statistics, science says nothing, right? Science is merely a useful tool that informs, it informs your interpretation. So how you think and how you relate with your psychology, with your emotions, that's what says everything.